2: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zero Ducks Given. And it is a very, 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 busy episode today because there's lots to get through including of course another stunning England victory for the boys in the test team, a women's test that is underway and the apparent impending retirement as England ODI captain and white ball captain of Owen Morgan as well uh, and some other nonsense as well I'm sure. Um, First of all though let's come to Finney. So at the time of recording it is Monday evening and Finney is currently on his second day of his game for Sussex. And uh, Finney, the groundsman's revenge continues. You said earlier on in this season that after the county game got lots of criticism and lots of stick for preparing green puddings for the last 10 years that completely ruined the test side, that the groundsmen have taken it personally. And this year, they replied by making the biggest road you could ever possibly imagine. So you had to bowl for 151 overs. Sussex oh. against Derbyshire the as they piled on 551 for eight declared. Um, However, you did take a wicket. You've got Massoud, who's been scoring a ridiculous amount of runs this season. So you've got one positive to take away from those 151s overs, Finney?
0: Yeah, it's been a a slightly tricky couple of days down here on the South Coast. um, I think the groundsmen and the ball manufacturers have decided that, that bowlers aren't going to have it their way this season so far. Yeah, it's been... Yeah, it's just been really difficult, to be honest. The the balls go soft after about 15 overs, and and then it becomes really hard to take a wicket, and it's only really errors or batting errors that will lead to wickets. Um, After that point, as we've seen in the test match, the ball's been changed a number of times, which has been a big problem this year as well. So, yeah, a slightly difficult few days, but we've made a decent start. We're 150 for three, with me still in the hutch, waiting to go. Uh, so we're hopeful that a good day's batting tomorrow will, um, will salvage the game for us, I think, because winning it from here will be a, a tricky
2: proposition. Now, you spent all pre-season telling us you were batting in the nets like a right-handed Matthew Hayden. You said that sentence mm-hmm. several times. And yet, this surely now, you've not hit a single six this season. Surely now, well, we're you've not just really said, batted, have I? Well, you've just said it's an absolute road. You're probably going to get a bat tomorrow. Now, well, there's a
0: thirty-five, yeah, there's a thirty-five yard boundary one way as well. Oh, come I'm on. going to have that in the back of my mind. And George Garton's flat overlooks the ground that way. So my um my my plan is to try and put one into his house. I think.
2: Oh, is he in those flats that literally overlook the ground on that side at hove there?
0: Yeah, on on one of the sides. I mean, I'm not going to give away the precise location of his flat, but um, but yeah, he's his flat overlooks the ground. He's um, and you can see him watching sometimes when he's not playing in the game. You can see him watching from his living room with clothes on, though. Norcross Nor- Nor- cross- would do it naked, though, wouldn't he?
1: Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, well, largely naked. Uh, I'm, I'm also like, I'm, I'm absolutely staggered really? but- in the week in the week of baseball, Finney, I it's been a week of baseball. You're saying, oh. We can't win it from here. Derbyshire only got 552. New Zealand got 553 at Nottingham. What do you yeah, got this to is do? It's a four day game. Four yeah, day I game, Dan. I know it's domestic a four day cricket. Game.
0: Yeah, you got too big for domestic mate, cricket now mate, that you're a BT well, sports commentator once.
1: Well, three times, actually. As because it goes. You, uh, as, you're a
2: BT <laughs> commentator once because nobody else was available during a pandemic. Yes,
1: yes, yes all those things are true. <laughs> All those <laughs> things are
2: true, but were you a BT commentator no. when you had the
1: opportunity, when there was nobody there? And no, you weren't. You were on Radio Fucking X at ten o'clock in the morning. Some of us were coining it in on the ashes, but now then, um, <laughs> I just want—I just want to take issue with this, right? So Johnny Bairstow, if you take his last three innings, right, he, in an average day's Test cricket, would score six hundred and eighty runs. That's how fast he's currently going. He scored 350 runs and 270 balls. Listen to Baz Ball. Joe Root is whiff-waffing balls over Kingdom Come, playing some of the craziest shots you've ever seen. Listen to Baz Ball. Hang around with Baz. Understand the truth. Tomorrow is day three of the game, right? You could easily score, what, 580, 600? I mean, that's only just under six and over. I mean, mm-hmm. that's pretty much, I would say, domestic cricket on a flat track with 35-yard boundary. That would get you a lead of, what, 200, right? Scoreboard pressure, that on a little bit the next day, maybe get up to about 800, uh, put them in. You come steaming well, then downhill. They them,
0: then they knock them off, off, what, 40 yeah, overs? That seems they're, to they're, be the way forward at the moment. Well,
1: they, they won't knock anything on. No, they, then they'll get the fear. Look at New Zealand. They'll get the fear because you're playing basketball but Derbyshire are playing, you know, Kim Barnett ball. They're well, still got back Mickey in the Arthur 1990s. Yeah, he's not So He's not, he's there playing Mickey Ball, exactly. And Mickey Ball, although a little funky, you know, George Clinton and all that, Booty Collins, always on the one, but not as funky as what you guys should be playing. And you've got some funky characters in that side. So. You've got
2: to outfunk them. You've got to, why don't you walk into the change room tomorrow no. and say, guys, I've spoken to Norcross and we're going to outfunk them. Plus, you've got Rizwan, 54, not out overnight. There's a man who was funky. born, he was born to baseball. He was born to funk. He was born to funk. Exactly. He more was. Than could, Niall um, Rogers. Yeah, he
0: funky Yeah, you could. Um, he played a couple of funky shots today as well. But he could um, get three hundred tomorrow. Yeah, my preference would be that he knuckles down and just gives me a day off my feet. That would be lovely.
1: Right. Well, you see, that's the thing, and that's why you will never get in the basketball team, Finney. because I'm too old. He's you high... just told me I
0: was old and past it. So of course, I'm <laughs> I not going to get in I basketball. Did not...
1: I didn't say you were old and past it. You said, said I was that... a
0: washed-up old fuck.
1: <laughs> in your fair. own brain, in your own brain, you are. And I'm here to tell you that you're not. Okay, now, first I've listened of all, to now, I've been in the team hotel for the last six days, and I tell you, I'm looking at transformed men. I saw the eyes of Jimmy Anderson being genuinely enthusiastic about what he was doing. He was, he's, he's loving it. Stuart Broad, loving it. He got forty-two off thirty-six. He just went. He just went elf for leather. Jack Leach hit two fours off his first two balls. Jack Leach smashed it over a long off. This is a bloke who had what? Like his most famous innings, he's one off a million balls on the same stadium. First ball, late cut. Second ball, smash it over long off. This, my friend, is the way forward. Yeah, but it that doesn't funky. change the fact that, as Finney. They're said, all loving because
2: it. Because I I I'm here to play witness to the fact that before we started recording the podcast, you did call Finney a washed up old fuck. So Finney I was coding him.
1: I was coding <laughs> him into realizing his baseball brilliance, right? So obviously you start with that. And I'm not sure if Baz necessarily does that, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. You sort of start with the outrageously crude, classically masculine intel, and then you go, You see, you see, that's the cur- there's a kernel of truth there, but it's bollocks, because you're gonna grab hold of this. You're gonna grab hold of the washed up has been, and you're gonna come charging down that hill. You're gonna bowl 91 miles now. When you go out there with your Woodstock bat, you are gonna absolutely smash that ball into George Gardens Garden's garden. George Garden's garden. Does he have a garden? <laughs> well, you know. Call out a garden, a little roof terrace or something. Smash it into that. And that's what you're going to do. And you're going to love every minute of doing it. You're going to play with the broadest, beaming grin of fulfillment that you've ever seen. All the players in this. Place I filled in
0: 150 overs over the last 48 hours. I don't want to hear those
1: negative thoughts. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Baz will tell you it's okay. It was 150 overs. You'll never get them back, but it's great for your legs. Now, is that Coney ball what, or Baswell? What can we do with the next 150 overs, Finney? We can make them better, more and, glorious.
2: Well, Ben more Stokes with has starters. come out and said Ben Stokes has said that he hopes that England's approach is going to send a message to county players and that when they're selecting England squads in the future, the way that a player plays and his method will be taken into consideration, will be in selectors' mind. So, Finney, you just need to go out there and tee off when you go out to bat tomorrow. Just go at first ball, try that Joe yeah. Root little reverse ramp that he played off Wagner, mate. That's your way back into the fold. Today, Sam
1: Curran made his first first-class century, right? 125 off 75 balls. You <laughs> <He, he laughs> know what he's play. doing? Baz, Baz is, a, is a cricket whisperer. You know, like you've got your horse whisperers and your dog whispers. He's a cricketer whisperer. And he's whispered to the entirety of English cricket and they are all going to come and join him like the pied-fucking Piper. You are all going to be smashing the balls to all parts. I know that's not music to the ears of a gnarled, old fast bowler, but you're going to have to take that in your stride and learn a couple of new tricks. Well, you know, or just do what's in you. You've got the tricks. You've got the tricks, Finney. You've hit the biggest six at Brisbane. That's how big you are. You're huge. You're massive. You can make the comeback. He's eating, of course, now. So we won't get any sense out of him. I'll, I'll,
2: be, honest, I'll be honest, Norcross. I just didn't know whether that
0: finished
2: or not. No, to be honest, Norcross, because no, he's spent the last I. five minutes <laughs> trying to pump up Stephen Finn. I hope Brendan McCullough gets a better reaction in the England dressing room than you just got. <laughs> he's spent five minutes trying to build him up. When you finished, he looked at you, chewed some pizza and went, have you finished? <laughs> yeah. I think McCullough well, I'm not Baz. I'm not Baz. I mean, oh, only not. Baz is Baz. No, no, Daniel, nobody's comparing you to Brendan McCullum. Don't you worry. You don't need to keep (laughs) insisting that you're not Baz. Uh, could be Baz's grandfather. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) 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 Um, Now, Finny, we've talked uh, around the game a little bit, but we do need to talk about another ridiculous England victory. I mean, it's not normal to chase 296 on a day five pitch in a test match. I actually think this chase was more insane than the Trent Bridge one because the Trent Bridge one was a mad sort of session at the end there where Bearstow went berserk and Stokes went berserk. But this was just the easiest run chase ever. 54.2 overs they took to chase 296 to win on a day five pitch. This is an England side, basically for all the positive things that have been said about this England side over the last three weeks and all the compliments, I actually don't think they've got enough praise This is absolutely insane because we're talking about a side who couldn't buy a run, couldn't score a run. They had one win in the last 17 test matches. And three games in a row, they've chased a load of runs and they've done it at an absolute click as well. Can you believe, Finney, I mean, you talk about four-year plans and planning for the next Ashes series. Can you believe how quickly this England side looks unrecognisable?
0: Oh, I think... No one ever doubted. I don't think that the talent was there to be able to compete with the best teams in the world. Um, I don't think I've I've ever questioned that when I've been asked about this. I've always thought that the domestic structure doesn't lend itself towards people giving themselves the best chance in international cricket, and then also it's being able to empower those people once you get there to be able to play in a manner that competes with other people. And I think that that shows the magic of someone like Brendan McCullough, having him come in. And just free people up to go out there and and you you talk about it expressing yourself or um showing people what you can do but um saying that and then doing it are two very very different things and only very few people have the gift to be able to allow people to go out there and play the way that England have played in the last few weeks and and I think all credit to every single one of them for buying into it. There's guys who won't be certain about their international careers buying into that manner of playing. And there are old-timers who've played cricket a number of different ways now also buying into that way of playing. So, you know, I, I think they deserve a lot of praise for the way they've done it. And also against the World Test Champions, which I don't think should be underestimated, because when we looked at the series that England were playing at the beginning of the summer... You'd look at all three series, uh, New Zealand, India and South Africa and say they're going to be bloody hard. But now you can't really see anyone stopping them.
1: Three of the fastest seven 50 plus over innings in test cricket history have been played by England in their last three innings. That is ridiculous. The last innings at Trent Bridge and the first two innings at Eningley. New Zealand scored 657 runs in this match in 222 overs. That's what? Three and over. Just under three and over. Thanks to some good attritional bowling, by the way, by the likes of Jack Leach and Matt Potts, who was superb. Mm. And you're watching one test match when they're playing, right? 222 overs. New Zealand batted. England batted 121 overs. (laughs) Basically. Give or take a ball. That is that is ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. They've got 658 runs in 100 overs fewer. That is absolutely monstrously mental. Today, Johnny Berstow hit the fastest 50 that's ever been hit in test cricket in England. Ian Ian Botham holds England's record. It was in Delhi with 28 balls. He hit it in 30 balls. He didn't just hit it in 30 balls. He hit it when he came into bat on the last day when... Ollie Pope, the overnight battle on 82, he's just been bowled by borders, jagged backed a considerable distance from Tim Southey. And the start of the day, oh, we need 113 to win, they're thinking. Just get yourself in. Ollie Pope's out within two runs. Oh, could be nervous. Next over went for 17 runs. I mean, that is insane. That is just absolutely ridiculous. You know, Johnny Bairstow's response to being put under pressure is to just plant his foot down the ground and whack Trent Bolt over his head for six. He hit two of his first three balls for four. And they weren't like, you know, edges or anything. They were like controlled wallops. <laughs> this is it, this is a totally different way of playing cricket, right? The, the, the numbers are staggering. New Zealand, not a bad side. You know, if Mitchell and Blundell will we'll get all the plaudits, but Trent Bolt bowled the most dangerous spell, according to crickbiz in its analysis of the last 16 years, ball-by-ball ball analysis, the most uh, expected wicket spell in their database and reducing them to 55 for six. They were 55 for six, right? From that point on, they were what? Uh, they were 601 for seven in 104 <laughs> overs. I, I mean, I,
2: that is absolutely fucking nuts. I wanted to, you mentioned Johnny Bairstow there. I mean his his second innings, but I want to come to that because the first innings. I mean, fifty five for six England were off eleven point five overs, and as you say, Trent Bolt was was unplayable at times. So 11.5 overs, England were fifty five for six, and then just under forty six overs later, that's less than an ODI. England were two hundred ninety six for seven when the next <laughs> wicket fell. I mean, this is like we've never seen this before in Test cricket. With a debutant. it genuinely, it genuinely with a debutant, is, Toby. A debutant, right? Yeah. You know, and you can say, yeah, he should
1: have been out LBW. The umpire should have given it. They should have. He also played it. and yeah, missed sure. about two hundred thousand times. But who cares? But, at yeah, that? but but he, but he also defended rather well, didn't he? he defended yeah. Bolt. Bolt was in the middle of that that mm. terrifying spell. You know, Overton came in in the twelfth over, opening batters. You'd right like to think might last 12 overs, not have to come in at number eight and face the 12th over. These balls may be absolutely shit, and we'll talk about that shortly. But when they're 12 overs old, they've they've got a bit to them. And he defended superbly to start with, and then he thwacked it to all parts. I mean, it was that was the most ludicrous partnership I've ever watched. 241, England's highest ever seventh wicket partnership in the top 10, 10 seventh wicket partnerships of all time. I'm pretty damn sure none of them came at five and a half and over.
2: Absolutely not. No, <laughs> it absolutely was, not. Vinny, really I want good. to ask you, I mean, it's difficult because it's been three weeks and it's been amazing and the numbers are obscene. And we've talked before on this podcast about the fact that the white ball game has, has is slowly seeping into the test game. But with, you look at what England's white ball team has done over the last decade under Owen Morgan, and we'll talk about a bit later on, and how other teams have sort of now followed suit and the one-day international scores are getting ridiculous now. 50 overs is now just a twenty-twenty, just way longer. Um, do you think this is a watershed moment for Test cricket and, and that teams are going to go around and look at this and be like, well, maybe, you know, we all play IPL and white ball and franchise cricket and maybe we're capable of this sort of cricket as well?
0: To be honest, no, I don't think so because... I think that elements of those games will find their way into four-day cricket, but I think there are a number of mitigating factors at the moment in England that mean that there are a shed load of runs being scored all over the country. Um, and I think that it's lending itself to that style of playing. Um, I think the balance will be readdressed at some stage, whether that's the balls or the pitches, you know. Um, but I, I, I think that there are certainly elements of the white ball game that will keep finding their way into four-day cricket, the element of a fourth innings run chase, I think, where people think negatively in the first instance about surviving and then seeing if they can get there. I think there'll be a lot more belief having seen England play the way that they are at the moment. There'll be a lot more belief that people can actually go and chase those sorts of runs down without a care in the world. And I think that frees people up to be able to put bowlers under pressure like you would in a white ball game so yeah I certainly think it's going to make it more entertaining maybe not necessarily for bowlers because you usually relish bowling on that fourth or fifth day where the pitch is maybe going up and down or maybe spinning or reverse swinging or something but we're not really seeing any of that yeah so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting time to see how they do try and readdress that balance I think.
1: England have done a thing in this game where they've They've sort of said to their whiteboard creators like Bairstow and Root to a degree, because he's, he's part of that and Stokes. Um, do, you, do you know what it's like back in the power play? It's really nice, isn't it? Because there's only two people out. Well, test cricket is like that all the time until you're five or six down because they're trying to get you out. So if you're doing a run chase, they can't afford to put everyone on the boundary. They've got to try and get a wicket. They've got two sips and a gully in. They've got three in a ring. They've got a couple on the leg side. You got long leg and you got a sweeper somewhere. That that's about it. So they're sort of saying to whiteboard cricketers, you know how lovely it is when that situation, you can go over the top, you can do you can smash it over the infield. Well, this is your child. You can do the same thing in a test match. And they're allowed to do that because, as Finney says, the pitch is a bit benign, Trent Bridge, especially so, but actually heading me a bit. Um, incidentally, New Zealand didn't pick a spinner, which would have made quite a difference because Jack Leach was genuinely getting it to Turn quite a lot in New Zealand's second innings and uh, they didn't have a spinner and so you kind of and the balls are absolutely diabolical I mean they're they're so dreadful 15 balls have been changed in three test matches and again you know Feeney knows this absolutely and the, the player's been talking about it here they go they're screwed basically after about well, it could be screwed after about 15 to 20 overs, frankly, but the umpire doesn't want to change it until a little bit later. And then you get something that'll work for about an over or two that's changed, but then that's just spongy and soft again into benign pitches because grounds would have been making them that way, plus drainage, plus whatever. And you do that against a depleted attack with Bolton Saudi and no, you know, Wagner undercooked. And a part time spinner, then obviously it's a very different proposition, isn't it? From Bumrah next week. I and think that's Shabby and
2: Siraj. I mean, I that, think that's going to be the key. Jadeja or whatever is, is seeing, you know, we look, I mean, Ben Stokes' innings in the first innings was so crap. He just decided to come out and just uh, decide to track every single ball and try and hit it for six. Even in a T20, you don't bat like that. It was absolutely brainless and he picked out mid off. <laughs> And at the time, I was kind of annoyed, but I was like, oh, it's difficult because this is Baz But there is no question, and India will be the first, you know, I'm sure massive test of this, as you say, in a week. And then South Africa at the summer. There's going to be times where Baz goes horrifically wrong. And they're going to have to try and get that balance right. So we'll enjoy it while it happens at the moment. Um, but, Finny, I want to ask you about these cricket balls that Dan just mentioned there because... You've got to be in your bonnet. And let's be honest, you're not exactly jolly old Saint Nick at the best of times, but you're, you're pissed off about these cricket balls this season. So first of all, what's going on? Why are they behaving this way? And as somebody who's bowled with them a lot, what are they doing? What's, what's going wrong with them?
0: So the first batch was, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about two batches of balls this summer, haven't there? And the first batch were small and they were soft and they went out of shape very, very quickly um so even if they did go out of shape they would still go through the little metal hoops that the umpires have the balls would still go through there so you just had to keep bowling with them because the rule is that if they don't go through the hoops um then you can change it but if they do go through the hoops then what are you saying Dan
1: it's not entirely true it's got to be able to it's got to go through one hoop and it mustn't go through the other
0: right well I watched an umpire struggle to put them through both today and he changed the ball so, the, yeah, the first batch of balls were small. So even if they were out of shape, they, we had some earlier in the season that looked like triangles and, and it, you just couldn't, you couldn't get the umpire to change it because it would just always fit through the hoops, no matter what shape it was. And then this second batch of balls have actually kept their shape a lot better, but it's like bowling with a beach ball that's had the air sucked out of it after about 20 overs. Um, and they're so big... That They don't go through the hoops, both hoops. Um, <laughs> so we actually got ours changed today for one of, but because these balls haven't been used enough to produce spares, um, we had it changed today after a little while. Um, and then they bought one of the old batch of balls out and it just turned into a rectangle in about three overs, um, and then you're bowling with a soft rectangle. So, yeah, it's, it, it does very much mean that the first 15 overs of an innings are dangerous for the bowlers, um, and you try and take wickets and you hunt wickets, but then as soon as you're through that initial period, you really are relying on um, a poor bit of decision-making for a batter or a very, very good piece of bowling to get someone out,
2: which, um, which yeah, may have swung slightly the other way from the last few years. Well, it's pretty shambolic that this is happening, though, surely. So Norcross, wh- why is this happening? There's rumours that the guy who stitches the balls <laughs> together changed or something, but it can't be one bloke that stitches all the Duke's balls in the world.
1: No, there they can't be. Uh, Alex, Alex Hartley has uh, opined. And uh, I'm minded to believe that there's a kernel of truth to this because Hartley's an astute woman and she normally gets things virtually right, but it can't be the case that there is one person who's stitching all the balls, and that the stitching isn't tight enough is, is the theory, which allows, uh, which makes the balls go go softer because more material and, and uh, moisture from all over the ground gets into the ball and therefore allows it to get softer. When it's hit, it then gets whacked into various shapes. So it doesn't keep its integrity in the same way. Now, I imagine what's happening is that there's more than one stitcher, seven or eight or nine or ten. Uh, The stitching has moved from England to, I don't know where, it might be Bangladesh or Pakistan, I'm not quite sure. Um, So people who hadn't been doing it before are now doing it, is my understanding. And so there's, you know, a bit of learning on the job that's got to be done, I'm guessing. The issue for me is, how many balls have we got left from the old batches that were good? And can we run a test series with them? Because I reckon you need eight balls per test, and there are four test matches left, you need eight, right? I mean, you might need 10, but eight ought to be enough. So if we had 32 balls from another era, can we just bring them in now? Because these balls are so shit. It's why they overrate so crap. Because understandably, bowlers bowlers just like, what is this nonsense that I'm bowling with? And handing it to the umpire. And we get a bit annoyed about it. The crowd get a bit annoyed about it. But if you're the bowler, of course, you don't want to bowl with this filth. And it is really rubbish. I mean, it's, it's way worse than the balls we play with in, sorry, championship cricket is the noise that I'm hearing. I, know, you know, I mean, that, they, That's a
2: problem. I mean, I could have told you this was going to happen and I should have stepped in. And this is all actually my fault what's happening. I'll tell you why. Because... You know, at every cricket club, there's a knobhead fast bowler who turns up at Winter Nets with a new box of brand new nuts just for himself. Well, for the first time in my life, I was that knobhead. (laughs) And I treated myself um, to a box of Duke's brand new cricket balls in the winter that I turned up to at a net session. And the first one I used genuinely has got like a square ridge Uh, just inside the scene, pretty much the whole way around on both sides. And I was like, fucking hell, I spent a lot of money on this. What a waste of money. And I should have known then, and I should have warned everybody, but I just thought I got a bad batch. And it turns out that it's going all the way up to the top and all the way up to test level. So I'm sorry I didn't step in sooner. And as ever, most things in this world are my fault. Um, Well, we'll come back to the cricket balls in the near future, but we do need to move on to uh, the white ball, and the news that has filtered through today that Owen Morgan is going to step down as the England White Ball captain. Um, as I say, we're recording Monday night, so we'll wait to hear what um we'll wait to hear what Owen Morgan says, his reasonings and why he's doing it now. Um, but let's just reflect on 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 him really. And uh, we're talking about what Brendan McCollum's doing for the Red Bull team at the minute. But I don't think any of it would be possible if it weren't for what Owen Morgan's done with the White Bull team over the last decade or so. Um, Finney, obviously, you know him very, very well. He, I mean, he's probably, when all the dust has settled, when it's all said and done, he's probably one of the single most important people in English cricket history. I really don't think that's an exaggeration for how much he's changed the White Ball team around. Probably when we look back in, 30, 40 years, he might be the most important man for, for the English white ball game ever. He Genuinely, he's been that important to that team because the team was at rock bottom, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, people might me playing for it. Um, of course, it was at rock bottom. God, they um, really were scraping. No, yeah, I think I think first and foremost, like the fact that the news is leaked, I think, is pretty disrespectful mm. um, because I think that if people at the top of the ECB can't keep like and show respect to people like Owen Morgan, who have dedicated so much of their life over the last 13 years of playing international cricket. If they can't let someone make their own announcement um, and have to leak that news to people, I think that's pretty embarrassing, first and foremost. But, but if the, if it's correct and if if the, it is announced tomorrow, as people do expect, then he will most certainly go down as arguably the person who changed the game in this country. The most for the better. And, and yeah, I'm not just saying that because he's one of my closest mates. I'm saying that because you look at the way and the position that he took over that team and the way that he transformed it and the way that he molded it into the team and the machine that it is now that is going to make it so easy for the next person to come in and captain um, because all of the precedents and all of the marks and have been set and i also think that yeah the way that we're seeing this test match team play is off the back of the freedom um and in, and the manner in which that white ball team has played for the last 7 years that he's been captain.
2: I mean Daniel you've obviously been around and and seen you know you remember WG Grace and you've seen the entire development of english cricket so maybe you'll you'll think of some other names but to me he's sort of the he's sort of like an english white ball mike Brearley on acid is the best way to describe him in terms of just an unbelievable captain, except on top of that, an unbelievable batsman as well. I mean, let's not forget, Mm. I think sometimes it gets exaggerated that he's just the captain. This is a guy who's got the world record for the most sixes in an innings at a World Cup off Rashid Khan. He hit most of those as well. An unbelievable batsman, first and foremost. You don't play that many ODIs without scoring a hell of a lot of runs and also just revolutionised the white ball game in England. I mean, just crazy to think how bad England were that World Cup before he took over.
1: He finishes with an average a tick under 40, all those sixes that you talk about. England's leading run scorer in ODIs. Over 7,000 runs in ODIs, but some of them for Ireland. And I think it's fascinating when you think back to Owen, and you look back at Owen Morgan's career, I don't think he is as loved as he should be. And I think part of that is because um, he's Irish. There was this business about, you know, did he sing the national anthem when he first started? Such nonsense, such absolute drivel. Uh, England have had, you know, Tony Greg was captain of England. He was from South Africa, for heaven's sake. Absolutely ridiculous. He's, uh, he did transform England. He was, he was, Paul Downton, I think it was, gave him, put faith in him in 2015 because he was part of that that 2015 side and saw in Owen Morgan the chance that there might be a massive change in English cricket if it was given to Owen. You know, all the players that play for him talk about how he runs that team. Really, you never talk about the coach. Never talk about the ODI coach. It's not necessary. Every, really, Owen Morgan is the coach. And in that series against New Zealand, obviously Brendan McCullum links again, 400s, they started scoring, 400 runs in an innings. When England, in the year before the World Cup campaign, they averaged 5.3 and over in one-day internationals. In the seven years since, they've averaged 6.3 and over. And that's playing crazy cricket. So sometimes, you know, they've been bowled out for 200. So you've got to factor that into the average. The reality is that most of the time, if you go and watch England play ODI cricket, they'll score three hundred and fifty plus runs. That's ridiculous, you know. It, it's yeah, it, it, it's a complete revolution. I can't think of anyone who gets close to it. Adam Hollyoke sort of nearly did in the nineteen nineties with the Charger team and that kind of thing, but the selectors didn't keep faith in him. They wanted to go back to the normal shibboleths. Mike Gatting did a bit in the mid nineteen eighties. England were very good at one day cricket in the mid eighties appeared in multiple World Cup finals, we kept losing those finals. But Morgan has done something different. He's basically dragged the rest of world cricket along. So in that year before 2015, when England averaged 5.3 and over, the rest of the world was averaging about 5.4 and over. And England was like sixth out of the top eight nations. Now England averaged 6.3 and over. The rest of the world averages about 5.6 and over. So we sort of pulled them... Up there somewhere, but that still means that England averaged thirty-five runs a game more than anyone else. He's got an unbelievable win-loss average, and that's with a team that came from nowhere—a mm. terrible team, notwithstanding Finney's presence. I'm sure, but it was—you know—it wasn't that the team was terrible. Actually, it was the attitude was terrible, and what they were trying to achieve was terrible. But um, he has transformed that. He's turned Jason Roy into a world-class player. Jason Roy got out to a horrible shot of his like second ball in one-day cricket. It was like, don't worry about it. You are trying to do the right thing. just didn't work. Do it, do it again next time you hit it for four. It's that attitude. It's, baz- it's basically Baz Ball before Baz Ball. ball,
2: ball. It, it, it really is. And like I said, I don't think the current Baz Ball would be possible without... This. It's, if you ball look ball. at the players doing it, it's Johnny Bairstow, it's Ben Stokes, who have played under Morgan... Joe Root's played a lot of white ball cricket for England. It's not a coincidence that those guys are the ones that are so good at putting this Baz ball into practice. Okay,
1: here's an idea for you, Toby. Right. Sangakara said it today, suggested it today. Butler, if you're going to go full baz ball, Butler to open
2: a batting. Well, now, you know what? We haven't got time, but I do want to talk about this further down the line at some point. But We all want to come back to this point because those names that have failed at the top of the order, yeah. Your Hales, your Roy's, your Vince's, and all those people we tried who failed—would they suddenly? Would Josh Butler suddenly be an absolute bloody well-beater? Because if Johnny Besto is good at baseball, then you can guarantee that Josh Butler's good at basketball But we'll come back to that point. But it's a very good point. We'll we'll stick a fork in that for now. Norcross, but I I don't hate where you're going with that. Whoever listening to McCullum after the Test series today, and I thought he was brilliant. By the way, the way that he spoke, he is going to show a lot of faith in players like Zach Crawley and people like that. Um, and put a lot of faith in them. So I don't think he's going to just suddenly bring those players in, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does further down the line. Um, now, very quickly, um, the reason we haven't gone into too much detail on the England women's test match that is happening is because obviously it's only currently the end of the first day's play. However, it is worth mentioning that friend of the podcast, Kate Crossbold, absolutely brilliantly 17 overs four for 63. Um, however, if you don't know the end of uh, the first day's score, it was 284 all out s- South Africa but it was... Uh, now, I never say her name correctly, but it's... Why? So, well, no, Marizanne Cap, yes.
1: Well, what's hard about I always Cap?
2: put I always put the Z before the I, but it's Arthur. So I go for Marzian. Marizanne Marzian? Yeah, Cap? I, I know. Marizan Cap, uh, who batted unbelievably well, 150. And we talked about Bazble. She scored at an absolute rate as well. She scored it at just over 200 balls as well. So that test match is shaping up very nicely, but we'll do it in much more detail next week. Um, The one thing that I do need to talk about before I let you both go is our favourite player in world cricket. And I'm talking, of course, about Eberdott. Eberdott Hussain. Eber dot Hussain. What's he done? What's he done? Now, so if you are new to the podcast and you're wondering what on earth I'm talking about, Eber Dot Hussain is a cricketer who has played Quite a few test matches now for Bangladesh. He's currently just finished his 16th test match for Bangladesh. And he is the worst batsman ever, statistically. He has a batting average of one. He's got a higher score of four. That is coincidentally when he hit A4, his one and only boundary in test cricket. Um, He scored 12 runs in 26 innings with 14 not outs. And I've got to say, bowling hasn't gone much better. He's got a bowling average of 54, and that's despite taking nine in one game. So he's, uh, he's an interesting cricketer, is ebidot Hussein. Well, Bangladesh have just played West Indies in a test match. They got thumped. They lost by 10 wickets to the West Indies. However, a couple of things I need to bring out about this. First of all, in the first innings, Ebidot Hussain batted at nine. Who what? on earth was at 10 <laughs> And who was it? Eleven, Stevie Wonder. Well, tell us, tell us, who <laughs> well, was that? <laughs> I can tell you uh, that it was uh, shoriful Islam and Khaled Ahmed who batted behind Ebdad Hussein.
1: shoriful Islam is nothing like as bad as Ebdad Hussein.
2: Like, it, well, uh, weirdly, shoriful was down he a on, night the, on the on. He was down on the no. He's down on the team sheet to bat at nine. Was uh, Shorafel Islam? But Eberdot strolled out to the crease, and he finished the innings. 21 not out, Everdot has no. I mean... 21? 21 not balls? out. Now, he then went wicketless um, and then in the second innings, he got a duck. But that's not the point. <laughs> the point is that Everdot Hussein got a 21 not out. Now, Finney, as you go back into your four-day game with Sussex, surely you can take some confidence from the performance of Everdot Hussein and channel some of that into your performance.
0: Um, yes, I can try my hardest. I mean seems like it's something to be celebrated the fact that he scored a few runs um I could do with a few tomorrow although I'm hoping I don't bat tomorrow that'd be lovely I'd love to see Mohamed Rizwan peel off a double hundred um because it'd be very entertaining to watch as well um but yeah I, I certainly will be channeling my inner Eberdot to try and pepper <laughs> that short boundary
2: can we can we please try and get this trending with all three of our listeners? Can just the, the, the hashtag be more Eberdot become become a fit? Just you know, people actually, some, some people ask actually, what would Jesus do? I'm gonna start asking what would Eberdot do in all life scenarios. I think, yeah,
1: spot on. I think we should also ask WG Rumble Pants to make a painting of Finney's inner Eberdot. What what Finney's Iber Eberdot looks like, I, I do not know. I mean, but it's a little bit disappointing though, isn't it? Because he got twelve. He got 21 on out and a duck. So now he's got 33 runs in 13 innings, right? So he now averages 2.5.
2: No, no, he's got 33 in oh, complete innings. Yeah, complete yes. innings. Yes, yes. 30, So
1: 33 and 13. So he's averaging basically 2.56 or so, right? So is he no longer the worst batter of all time, even though he clearly is? How many fours did he get in that 21? How many balls did he face? That's Toby, a, I want details.
2: I've, I'm Sorry, but... Have you, got, you, have you got to find it? I've left have that scorecard because I went looking for uh, Chris Martin, the New Zealand cricketer, who notoriously did, yeah. was the worst yeah. batsman ever. You had to
0: bowl an in-swinger. You had to bowl an in-swinger to get Chris Martin to outside edge it. That's how bad he
2: was. <laughs> <laughs> was that genuinely a discussion that you had as a team?
0: Yeah, yeah. Tim Murta was bowling like big booming away swingers to him and he literally wasn't in the same postcode as them. Um, And then he was like, fuck it, I'm going to try an in-swinger. And he outside edged it to the keeper.
2: (laughs) 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 Well, the problem, the reason it took me so long to Google Chris Martin is there's some other Chris Martin who apparently is in quite a big band that seems to come up first on Google before you get to Chris Martin, the cricketer. Um, But he played 126 innings. And finished his career with a batting average of 2.36. in test oh, he's a, cricket. oh, he's below Eberdot. So he's below Eberdot. So we need Eberdot to get some more ducks. We a need. Of, I think one more duck will get him below Chris Martin, is my feeling. We we should get Chris Martin and Eberdot on here Maybe two. at some point. Mm-hmm. Not that we have that sort of clout. We can't even get half the Middlesex or Sussex players and Finney's best mate to them. Well, you say that. I just don't ask
0: because it? it's embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. come and have a chat with my granddad and my ginger bald brother <laughs> no, I'm alright
1: <laughs> actually I do have Tamsin Greg coming on so that we can do an absolute side by side you know check it
2: out on Zoom whether or not they do look the same what Finney and Tamsin yeah yeah they are identical that's a very good point um, well anyway I'll say goodbye but I'll leave you with uh, with the exciting news about Eberdot Hussein ringing in your ears so Gosh. wherever you're listening to this podcast and whatever you're up to at the moment just if you face any challenges and tribulations this week in the workplace or in, at home, just stop, take a breath and ask yourself, what would Eberdot do?
0: We, we, forgot, we forgot to mention the, the young lad Harvey who watched the game against um, the Surrey versus Sussex game.
2: Oh, yes. No, no you yes. forgot. Oh, you sorry. For- I thought, Well, no, I, I put I?
0: it on the group and I thought I was, the person I who leads hear the
1: bloody you. podcast. I just about to leave the meeting. Sorry. What are you talking about? Sur- oh, Surrey and Sussex. Did they play? Oh, God. We that. nearly didn't mention no, the fact I, that I Finney ended that.
2: Surrey's unbeaten uh, season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? Surrey were on course to go their longest ever unbeaten season ever. And Stephen Finn Sussex put an end to that. First of all, thank you so much for that, Finney. I forgot. I thanked you on the group, but thank you so much from Everybody at Zero Ducks given, uh, for that, but yes. So, Finney, you met a lovely young kid at the cricket who listens to the podcast. He's 11 years old. What well, no, on he earth? He 11
0: be, years old? He, he should, I
2: mean, he shouldn't be listening to this podcast if he's 11 years old.
0: <laughs> well, no, and that's why it's made me wary about my language maybe this week and moving into the future. That, um, that young Harvey may be influenced by, um, sorry, what comes out of our mouths, yeah. Sorry, Harvey. So he asked me to mention him on here and and he was a very affable, lovely young lad um, who asked me for a cap after the game, actually. And unfortunately the budget doesn't, um, doesn't allow us to give away caps here at Sussex. So, um, so, so sorry, maybe at the end of the season, but thank you for listening. And, um,
2: Hope your parents don't find out. <laughs> you, you don't get that at Surrey, do you? They've always got the budget for hats at Surrey. Now that actually, yes, well, I think, yes, so I think we could. To...
1: I think we could afford a hat at Surrey. Yes, I'd like to think we could do that
2: for a youngster, for an 11-year-old. Um, now Bloody I'm so hell. glad you've mentioned this, Finney, because actually we join some... Surrey,
1: Harvey, 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 Harvey. Whatever you think about Sussex, now I get that, but like you're 11 years old, you could live to be 90, 100. You could have 89 lovely years with Surrey. Why waste time with Sussex? They won't even give you a hat.
2: <laughs> now, I'm so glad that this story has come up because that reminds me of a message that was sent to us on Twitter this week. Um, at Pod on Twitter and Instagram, by the way. And I think we still have a TikTok account that we set up when we first launched. Um, however, from Matthew, who messaged us saying, good morning, Toby and Daniel. You will notice that I have ignored Stephen from my greeting just as he ignored my son and me at Sophia Gardens oh. a couple of Sundays ago. My son is 11. He listens along to the podcast. Again, I, I, I'm staggered that young children listen to this, and I apologize for everything that we've ever said. Yeah, the image of Daniel yes. Norcross weeing in a jerry can last oh, week. Oh, God, yes. Um, however, um, apparently his son was trying to get your attention at the uh, Sussex-Glamorgan game, and you completely blanked him, Finney. What do you have to say for yourself? Well,
0: if it was the game where I went for 17 off the 19th over to lose the game, then I may have been in a mildly angry mood when walking up the stairs and may have not quite registered people um, calling my name or asking for a picture um, or to tell me how bad my granddad is on the podcast. Um, I, I don't register those things when I've just bowled an over like that. So, um, yeah, I apologise profusely and the next time I'm in Sophia Gardens, as long as I've not gone for Seventeen off the nineteenth over, I'll um, be happy to to do whatever you please.
1: No, Finny, we're here to grow the game. Right? It's, it's not about your seventeen. It's not about whether you win or lose. You have a responsibility to the nation. once you, my job. You know, when you were, when you were hit for twenty nine by John Simpson, I'd like to think you still signed. the Was it twenty nine? Or did you just twenty nine off five balls? Or did you just nut them? Just give it like, a godble's kiss. What did you do? <laughs>
0: I don't know.
1: Was it to I
2: put that out of my mind? Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Yes, again. So he 29. Yes.
0: What do you make me realize
2: no why I don't like it, you? Yeah. I've rolled <laughs> one no ball. I'll tell you what the, you the, key, you what the key here is because Brendan McCullum got absolutely stuck into Finney's bowling once for New Zealand and now he's created Baz Ball. And when one day Brendan McCullum steps oh. aside or he goes to New Zealand and takes Baz Ball over there, we yes. need to go to the next cab off the rank of people that have spanked Finney everywhere. And John Simpson takes over from Brendan yes. McCullum coaching the test side. This is perfect.
1: Batting against Finney might be the inspiration for
2: people.
0: Hasn't this podcast run its course? It's about an hour and <laughs> 10 minutes now.
1: Let's just wrap it on.
2: <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening. No matter what age you are, we can't afford to lose any listeners. So thank you very much for listening. We'll try and work on our potty potty mouths. Um, and, uh, and we will hopefully have your company again next week. And Finney promises in the future, as long as he hasn't just been spanked for a load of runs to lose the game, that he will say hello to all our listeners. Chaps, lovely to see you. See you next week. Be more Eberdot.
1: Be more EB-DOT. Farewell. Sports <laughs> <laughs> Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of
2: power, loyalty